Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats, hour number two of our two-hour extravaganza. Scott Wetzel, yours truly, sitting in, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. You want to check out the, the phone calls. It's 844-843-6879. Again, toll-free, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Go to my website, hit the contact Scott icon, and fire away. We'll throw some emails, tweets, phone calls in over the next uh, 60 minutes or so. Your headlines today on this uh, glorious Friday. Hopefully it's glorious by you. Uh, should be good here on Long Island where I live. A resounding no. MLB players rejecting the latest owner's proposal, saying no way they're taking uh, the 50-game schedule, which is idiotic to me. Home sweet home in Texas if, and that's a big if, there is an MLB season. It appears that the Rangers and Astros may be allowed to have fans in the stands. Is that fair? Uh, blazing a new trail. The NBA owners yesterday approved 22 to one or a 29 to one rather to be able to resume the regular season with 22 teams. The lone team that said no thanks, the Portland uh, Jailblazers. Interesting. No New York, no Chicago, no Detroit, no Cleveland, uh, no Golden State. Some big-time cities around the NBA being excluded because uh, they are so bad. Time to call it on a career. Vince Carter, apparently, you know, with the Hawks not being part of this 22-game resumption of the NBA regular season, uh, it appears his career is over. Trying to be like Mike, we'll get into that with Kevin Durant trying to buy a team. Best of seven prevails in the NHL as the NHL announced its plans to resume play and includes best of seven playoff series. We'll break that down. And Alabama's football team has at least five members that have tested positive for the coronavirus. So those are your sports headlines on this Friday. Good day and bad day for yours truly. It's a good day because... My refrigerator is coming. Yes, uh, I've been gone a week now without a refrigerator. And I'll tell you, outside of a phone uh, and maybe a car, but outside of those two things, there is nothing like not having a refrigerator. It, it is uh, it, the obvious, yes, but you don't realize it until you live it, how much you count on that refrigerator. It does suck. It definitely does. So the good news is we're getting our refrige. The bad news is, when i got to lower my voice, uh, the little lady is actually off work today. So that means my wife is going to be around all day. All day. And with the coronavirus, that means that's no going out shopping or anything. That means she's going to be in the house with yours truly all day. It's going to be a long, long day for yours truly, Mr. Vegas. Bagels and bad beats, more coming up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beans with Scott Wetzel. 
It is Bagels and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, on this Friday morning, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Our toll-free telephone number, 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me. Just go to my website, hit the contact, Scott icon, and fire away. Phone calls, emails, tweets over the next uh, 50 minutes or so. As again, we take you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Well, has Drew Brees apologized again? I, I think this is like the 15th time now as I check on my watch over the last 24 hours that Drew Brees has apologized. And I, I tell you, uh, we're not going to get into it too much because it just creates so many waves and so many people take things that are taken out of context. But I, I will tell you this. I think it's a sad day when you defend the flag and you're labeled a racist. It's a sad day when you want to praise or take sides with the president and you're labeled a racist. You know, it's a sad day in our country when you say all lives matter, not just black, and you're labeled a racist. And, and, I, and I won't leave it at that, but that's how I, you know, believe in things. I, I mean, it just reading Drew's statement the other day and having people yesterday just lamb based him, whether it's sports talk show hosts, whether it's dopey athletes, whether it's dopey LeBron James, who's as two-faced as two-faced can be. You know, I, I wish somebody would delve into Nike because that's, you know, LeBron's you know, big paycheck. It's not the NBA. It's the money and all the work he does with Nike. Someone, someone take a look at Nike's board of directors, right? Someone actually take some initiative and just do a little bit of research. Doesn't take much effort. It really doesn't. I've done it. I've done it on a numerous of well, numerous. I've done it a couple of occasions. And I did it again the other day. Take a look at Nike's board of directors. All right. They have about 50 zillion members uh, on their board of directors. You can count on one hand how many board of director members are black. That's Nike for you. White, 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 as the saying goes. That's what Nike is. And that's where LeBron works. So he wants to come across as, oh, Mr. Righteous and does you know nothing wrong and knows all and is fighting for this social justice and this, that, and what have you. Meanwhile, he's working for a company that's using you know pennies to the dollar labor to put their sneakers together, and the company has nothing but white members on its board of directors. What, what an absolute joke. But again, that takes effort. And no, it, and our left-wing media, they're not going to make that effort. They're, they're not. You know? But instead, when you get a guy like Drew Brees, who, oh, by the way, donated not one, not two million, not three million, not four million, five million dollars to the coronavirus, that same guy when he puts out a statement about how proud he is to have his hand on his chest when the national anthem is going on, never saying that anyone else should do it, just stating how he feels. Not one time in that original quote did he say, I'm disappointed in my teammates and I'm disappointed in anyone else not doing it. It's just how he felt. And that guy somehow or another is now labeled, you know, if not a racist, then basically a dope and some guy that's, you know, living in this cloud in, in, in the, in the uh, sky and not really realizing what's going on in the country. I mean, it, it's just nuts. It, it's just, uh, like I said, it's a sad day when you defend the flag and you label the racist. And that's ultimately it. And the poor sap out in Sacramento. Now, I don't know him from a hole in the wall. 
So I don't know, you know, but when he says all lives matter versus just black lives matter, I don't know if that ultimately was a dig or not. I will just, you know, I go on the facts and the facts is that's what he said. And that's going to get him fired from a job that he had for 30 years. I mean, think about that. And I know some queens, as I like to call them, kings, queens, you know, all, you know, a couple of guys, the Marcus Cousins, you know, said that maybe the, they figured this was going to come from, from Grant Napier. I don't know. I, I'm not even going to say that. All I'm going to say is that's what he tweeted back out to DeMarcus Cousins, and that's going to get him fired because he says all lives matter. I mean, it, it's, it's nuts now. I mean, it's you can't even bring this stuff up because things can be taken so easily out of context. And, you know, Breeze has apologized a gazillion times for, for what? For, for saying he felt proud because his two grandfathers fought in World War II. That makes him a bad guy. And that he takes pride in having his hand on his heart during the national anthem. I, it's just, it's crazy. It, it, it really is crazy. And if you think, you know, that's just an isolated incident, it, it's both sides of the equation. I mean, it, it's 2020. It really is. Did you see what they did with change.org? Now, I've never heard of this website, but it's a website that generates petitions that they submit to, I don't know who, government, local officials, national officials. So change.org had this petition that calls for justice for George Floyd, okay? Uh, it became the most signed U.S. petition in the site's history, racking up over 11 million signatures. Hey, great thing. Well, what's so bad about that, Scott? Well, there's a little caveat to that. Uh, the caveat is that they ask people to not only sign up, but they also ask for donations to try and help the cause. So not only justice for George Floyd by signing the signatures, but also giving some money. In theory, people thought that, OK, this would prompt them to you know, maybe give money to Floyd's family and maybe give money to charities pertaining to, to this issue, the social issue. But no, 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 no. Small little print on change.org. They're actually keeping the money. They asked for $3 or more. I don't know how much money, the story didn't say how much money they generated, but now they're getting into, you know, a little hot water themselves because that money, again, was not going to Floyd's family, it was not going towards any charities. It was going in change.org's back pocket to help their organization, to help their website pay the bills and do all the things that they need to do, i.e. pay salaries. So they were pocketing all the donations that were given under the premise of that this money is going to be used to help the, the, you know, the social justice cause, when in, in the end, it was going into change.org's back pocket. I mean, you, you just can't trust anybody. You really, I mean, the whole issue, whether you're on the left or the right, it doesn't matter. The whole thing is phony. The whole thing is just a goof as far as that is concerned. That's pathetic. I mean, uh, small print or not, you have to tell people that this money is not being used for social justice. It's being used to run our website. I mean, that is, you just can't trust anybody. You know, you think you're doing a good thing. You're signing this petition. You know, you're giving a couple of dollars, whether it's three, five, ten. I, I don't doubt people gave more than that. Uh, you're thinking you're helping their cause when in the end, all you're doing is feeding the pockets of the, uh, you know, people's, the workers at this uh, website. Man, what, what a cool, what, what a, just an absolute joke. But anyway, you know, th there's Drew Brees having to apologize 50 zillion times here. All his teammates are ripping him. I mean, I, I just, it, it's, it's crazy. You know, the NFL came out yesterday, released a statement saying, this is a time of self-reflection for all. We stand with the black community because black lives matter. 
Through Inspired Change, the NFL players and our partners have supported programs and initiatives throughout the country to address systematic racism. We'll continue using our platform to challenge the injustice around us. To date, we've donated $44 million to support hundreds of worthy organizations. This year, we're committing, uh, committing an additional $20 million to these causes and we'll accelerate efforts to highlight their critical work. We know that we can and need to do more. So, you know, once again, yeah, whether it's legit or whether it's not, but once again, you know, the NFL comes out smelling like roses. It, it's amazing. You know, everyone else is taking heat, players taking heat, everything else. And, you know, $20 million, when you think about it, is a lot of money, obviously. But you know, with 32 teams, that's less than a million dollars a team. So are they really doing that much? But it sounds good. You know, they needed to do something with some of their star play. You know, you can't have Drew Brees. You could have Joe Schmo player number 50 on a 55-team roster say something stupid and do something stupid okay. But the NFL is sitting back saying, no, we can't have Drew Brees. Drew Brees is one of the most beloved players in the league. Again, given $5 million to the coronavirus thing, we can't, we got to help him out a little bit. So the NFL, before this ball started rolling a little bit too much, you know, put out this statement yesterday and, uh, you know, they'll donate to the cause, and we, which is obviously a, a good thing. So uh, you had guys like Pat Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Odell Beckham Jr., Saquon Barkley put out some things all pertaining to the Black Lives Matter movement. So we'll see what the NFL does. They, they got to deal with the coronavirus, and now they got to deal with this. And I'm telling you what, we'll pick it up uh, when we come back. I would not be surprised at all for the NFL to get rid of the national anthem. I, I do not think, because unless this thing dies down completely, and I don't think it will, it's going to be brought up again, and I don't think the NFL wants any part of that. Bagels and bad beats for Friday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Eight four four eight four three sixty eight seventy nine. our toll-free telephone number here on Bagels and Bad Beats on this Friday morning, 25 minutes past the hour, taking you right up until the top of the hour. We'll be here every Monday through Friday again, 844-843-6879, the toll-free telephone number. Uh, picking up where we left off, I, I don't think the NFL is going to have national anthems this year, assuming we have a season, obviously, but I, I don't think they want that headache. You know, they, they tried it last time. They were able to with store, uh, with, with the hold the storm, and now it's going to be back. And unless something happens over the next two months, it might. You know, maybe it'll die down. But I, I kind of doubt it though. Um, you're going to force players. Listen, if Drew Brees again can put out a statement saying that he's proud as an American, as a player who had two grandfathers in the World Wars, no less. Uh, if he can't put out that statement talking about how proud he is to raise his hand over his heart for the national anthem, how in the world is any black player going to not kneel? I mean, they are going to be viewed as a complete outcast. They, forget it. I won't even limit it to black players. Why should we? Any player, any white, black, whatever the case may be, there's just no way in the world that they're not going to have to be forced to kneel during the national anthem. And it's going to rear its ugly head. And fans, listen, 
uh, th there was a definite, you know, division, whether it was in the locker room or whether it was in the stands on certain players standing and other players kneeling. And again, if it's gotten so bad now, we thought it was bad a couple of years ago. It's gotten a lot worse now, obviously. Um, it, that if you can't say you're proud to raise your hand for the national anthem, how are you going to now not be able to kneel when you have all the other players, you know, a handful of players kneeling, and, and you're considered you're going to be considered an outcast? I think the owners have to realize that they have to. They they have to be saying to themselves right now, all right, maybe we'll give this thing a month. Let's see, you know, how how it you know, plays out over the next month or so. You know, maybe these dopey police officers in Minnesota will be brought to trial and justice will be served. And maybe that will be enough to uh, appease the, the public. I don't think it will, to tell you the truth. But um, otherwise, do we want to open up that can of worms? Do we want to, you know, have 55 players kneeling for the national anthem or maybe half the team kneeling for the national anthem and the other half not and dividing that locker room as you know it will? Listen. If players uh, like Malcolm Thomas and company are willing to rip Drew Brees, then there's not many quarterbacks higher, you know, stature-wise than Drew Brees. Then every single other player will be ripped as well. So uh, maybe they don't eliminate the national anthem, but I bet they do it when the players aren't on the field. I bet they do that. Um, if they don't eliminate it altogether, I, I would be shocked. And the other thing is, you know, it's not a good look for the NFL when you have Colin Kaepernick. Now, I don't think Kaepernick will be back in the NFL, maybe, but it's not a good look when you have Colin Kaepernick and Cam Newton not on NFL rosters. Kaepernick, I get. Newton, I get as well, mind you. But still, the optics, there's that word again, not good. You know, could the, you know, the obvious thing would be the Minnesota Vikings with Kaepernick. Would they be willing to sign him? I don't think it's, it, it, it's a twofold thing. It is, yes, the Vikings, obviously, are they willing to sign him? But is Kaepernick willing to sign with Minnesota? Because he's not playing for the Vikings. You know, they just re-signed, believe it or not, as crazy as it sounds. They just re-signed Kirk Cousins. They just gave him $30 million a year for Kirk freaking Cousins. Oh, good gravy, but whatever. Um, so he's not playing there. Barring injury, he's sitting on the bench. Does, so does he want to take that position and that role? I don't know. But if so, that would be, you know, as a goodwill gesture to the Minnesotan who is obviously upset, that would be okay. We're we're throwing you a little uh, you know, a blanket here to maybe appease you a little bit. Cam Newton, listen, he wants a starting job right now. And I gotta tell you, outside of the Patriots and Jacksonville Jaguars, who wants him? And it's not necessary. I'm not making the debate that he's not better than some of these quarterbacks. But if you run down every single team in the NFL, they're set at their quarterback position. There's really just no home for Cam. New England would be one, you know, unless you believe in Jared Siddham. But the Patriots have shown no signs of, you know, wanting to sign Cam Newton. Apparently they spoke as soon as he was released. But that was well over a month ago and nothing has happened, you know, and, and the Patriots have had the draft and everything else. And they still don't have a real, real quarterback unless it's Siddham. But they've shown no inclination. You know, Buffalo has Josh Allen. Jets have their quarterback. Dolphins theoretically have their quarterback in two with tags, even though I think he's going to suck. Baltimore is set. Pittsburgh is set with Roethlisberger. Cleveland is set. The Bungles are set. Bengals, you know, uh, uh, with uh, their quarterback situation. Texans are set. Titans just uh, re-signed Tannehill. Colts are set. 
as they signed Philip Rivers. Jacksonville is another one, even though they seemingly want to hand it to, to Gardner Minshew. Uh, Kansas City is obviously set. Uh, Denver is set. The, the Raiders are set. The Chargers, you know, drafting Bobby Bear Jr., Bobby Herbert, they're set for the future. Again, not saying that Cam isn't necessarily better than some of these quarterbacks, but the teams in their mind think we, we don't need to bring him in. Philadelphia, Dallas, Giants, even the Redskins with his former head coach are going to give Dwayne Haskins apparently a, a great chance to, to win the starting job and be the, you know, the quarterback of the future with Washington, Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago bringing in Nick Foles. You know, the Lions with Matthew Stafford. The Lions might be to put a little asterisk next to the Lions in that if Stafford, for some reason, isn't completely healed from last year's injury, maybe they would be one. But at this point, it looks like he is, and he's set for the season uh, to begin. Uh, New Orleans, obviously. Atlanta, Tampa Bay, obviously. Carolina, but he's not obviously going there. San Francisco, set. Seattle, set. Rams, set. And Arizona, set. And that's it. Well, those, those are all the teams. Those are 32 teams. So tell me, outside of New England and Jacksonville, who has a starting spot for Cam Newton? Nobody. You know, maybe next year, you know, when the Browns realize that Baker Mayfield sucks, okay, or when the Dolphins realize Tua isn't any good, okay, or Pittsburgh realizes Ben Roethlisberger is over the hill, okay, or the same thing with the Colts, you know, with uh, Phillip Rivers, okay, but that's next year. We're talking about this year. So now you have him not on a roster, and I, I don't. He's got to roll the dice, I suppose. You know, he could either take a backup job, which it doesn't appear he wants to do, because I I don't doubt for a second that if he told the NFL world, okay, I'm willing to sign for a million, two million dollars a season, be a backup, not create any waves, I'm sure there would be a team that would take him on board. But uh, if I'm him, and I don't blame him, he, you know, he still thinks he can be a starter. Hell, this guy went to a Super Bowl just a couple of years ago. I mean, think about that. This guy, this guy led a team to the Super Bowl, what, three years ago, and here he is out of a starting job. So outside of the Patriots in Jacksonville, nothing for Cam. So now you got nothing for Colin and nothing for Cam, and it's not a good look if you're an NFL you know, executive. If you're an NFL front office man and you're worried about public relations as you should be, you know, you got to be begging someone to sign these guys. It's funny. Even in the case of Kaepernick, he probably went from the pariah state of fudge away from him to now if the NFL had its druthers, you know, maybe they would say somebody sign him. Uh, I don't think they cared one way or the other about Cam, but they probably realize it's not a good look that he's not, you know, on an NFL roster right now. But, you know, again. Who wants them? It's 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 tough. I mean, these starting quarterback jobs are so so precious. And when you have a guy that you know is coming off a, a season in which he missed most of the year, you know he's had some injuries. He's not a spring chicken. He's not old old, but you know he's got to get into a camp somewhere along the line. And um, but you know if you're the Chargers or the Dolphins. You're one of those teams, you don't want to bring him in because it sounds crazy to say, but he might be successful. Then what do you do? You know, Do you keep Herbert on the bench if you're the Chargers for two years? Do you keep uh, two tags on the bench for the Dolphins uh, for two years? You don't want to do that. You're trying to sell merchandise. You're trying to sell hope. And I don't think that necessarily Cam Newton brings that hope like those other players do. Whether it's true or not, whether he's good enough, I don't know. But uh, So anyway, it's, it's a bad, it's not a good look. If you're... Um, you know, an NFL exec, you're hoping somehow or another that 
one or two of those guys can land on a roster, but it does not appear uh, to be the case, which, you know, the NFL is in the, you know, a little bit of hot water themselves when it comes to that stuff. Every, every sport, it's funny, every sport has its issues. You know, baseball has steroids. NBA has just, they make too, too much money. NHL, you know, for the players, they don't have any money. I don't know if there's necessarily an issue with the NHL when it comes to public perception and, and, and issues outside of everyone hates the commissioner, Gary Bettman. But other than that, um, they might be the one sport, that might be the one sport that doesn't have any real issues. But the NFL's issue is not steroids. You know, uh, you know, baseball players and owners and fans are all yelling and screaming. Well, you get the best players in the NFL all coming doing steroids and no one gives a rat's behind. Nope, that's not their issue. Their issue is the national anthem. That is their issue. Um, you know, what to do with players who want to kneel and uh, keeping guys like Kaepernick and at this point Cam Newton out of the league. It's not an easy thing to do. And to deal with, but that's that's their headache. That's what's on their plate right now. 844-843-6879. Again, 844-843-6879. Florida State had a little issue of its own. It's a weird story. I don't know if you've been following this or not, but new head coach of Florida State, Mike Norville, told The Athletic this week that he had a bunch of one-on-one conversations with every player on the Florida State football team following the shooting of George Floyd, you know, back on Memorial Day weekend in in, uh, Minneapolis. So he told that to the athletic, you know, just saying that, um, you know, he appreciates the players and blah, 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 you know, and they want to, he wants to reach out to, and did reach out to every single player to get their views and everything. And as it turned out, apparently he did not. And one of the team's best players took them to task, Marvin Wilson, on that supposed lie. We'll delve into that next because, uh, you know, Florida State would seemingly turn the page on uh, a disaster three, four years is uh, right back in trouble again. All that's coming up next on Bagels and Bad Beats. It is a Friday, 844-843-6879. I'm Scott Wetzel. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. All right, 844-843-6879, our toll-free telephone number again, 844-843-6879. You want to send a tweet, it is at Opposite Picks, that's O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S. Email me, go to my website, hit the contact Scott icon, and fire away on this Friday morning. Uh, 40 minutes past the hour, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. And a follow-up on the Florida State situation. Not sure if you you, you follow that story, but, you know, one of many that, that you're going to get over the course of time with all the stuff that's going on. But Mike Norville, head coach, you know, told uh, the Athletic that he'd spoken to his players uh, after the shooting of George Floyd, each and every one of them, you know, getting their views and letting them know that they have a sounding voice and they should use it and blah, 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 blah. So one of the better players, uh, Marvin Wilson, defensive tackle, uh, team captain, said, whoa, wait, wait a minute. Uh, I didn't talk to him. What, what are you kidding me? That, that's, that's not even true. So 
they had a little sit down, a little powwow. You know, Wilson threatened to, to basically boycott the team workouts, uh, speaking for everyone else or at least many other players on the team. So Norville had to meet with the club yesterday, then met with the board of directors as well. I guess they got things worked out. Uh, because Wilson said he and a number of other players uh, are okay now. They're going to move on, in his words. So I, I, I don't know what Norville was thinking. You know, why would you lie about that? You know, to save face? Uh, you know, no one was putting, I don't think, any pressure on him to speak to the players. Maybe he thought the assistant coaches had spoken to the players. Maybe he assumed that eventually he was going to talk to all the players. And by the time the article had come out that he would have and he didn't, um, I, I don't know, but it's it's not, you know, for a first year head coach coming into a situation where expectations are through the roof, not necessarily because of the players, just because it's Florida State, a big time program that's been down in the dumps, uh, you know, over the last uh, three, four years or three years anyway. Uh, it, it's not a good start. Uh, it's obviously not a good start. You got one of your best players who could have very, very easily left for the NFL, decides he wants to come back for his final year does this, you know, supposed right thing. And, uh, you know, he's hit in the face with his head coach in his eyes lying uh, automatically, you know, trying to take the public stand of doing the right thing when in reality, apparently he did not. So, but, you know, let bygones be bygones. They met and they're all ready to, to move on. But that's, that's a weird, why, you know, I, why would you lie about that? Why, why would you pretend you spoke to the players when you didn't? Um, that That is very, very weird. Um, you know, you try and find reasons for why things are said and done. But, I, you know, again, unless he thought, but he said him, not, not, not even his assistant coaches, but unless he thought his assistant coaches sat down with these guys or unless he thought he was going to uh, and never got around to it, very weird, uh, very, very weird. We talked NBA, talked NFL, NHL, but a little hockey talk. They agreed yesterday on the playoff format. Now, Gary Bettman, the commissioner, had announced earlier uh, in the week about the season resuming at least plans it's going to go straight to the playoffs so unlike with the nba where they're going to have an eight game leftover regular season if you will hockey said no nah, fudge that we, we don't have time for that nonsense let's put eight more teams into the postseason so instead of it being 16 teams it's going to be a 24 team postseason and they're going to have a qualifying round best of five so it's, it's eventually going to get to the 18 or 16 teams, but they got to weed off those extra eight teams with best of five series. You should know by now the top four teams are going to be playing each other in essence, exhibition games, but those top four teams will play each other and figure out the seedings for the top four. Then the remaining eight will play each other to whittle that down to four. So then you got the top four and then the remaining four, and there you go. There's your 16-team playoff as they normally have. And once they get to that point, all the rounds will be best of seven. I don't know how they're going to have time to do all this, to tell you the truth. I mean, that's a lot of games. If, if you're not talking about starting the season until July, you, know, you have to play those best of five opening round series, if you will. That's going to take some time. Then you got best of seven opening round, best of seven second round, best of seven conference uh, finals, and then best of seven Stanley Cup championships. I mean, you're talking at least two months of hockey. I, you know, the hockey season starts normally in October. 
So you're talking about starting, you know, sometime in July, let's say mid-July, best case scenario, because the NBA is, is thinking about, you know, July 31st. So let, let's assume we give best case scenario, they even start even earlier than that, let's say July 15th, uh, basically a month or so from now. Uh, now you're talking about going into August 15th, September 15th, and maybe the end of September. I mean, the season theoretically is going to be done in 2020, September, and two weeks later, if they want to stay on the regular set setup, they'd be going back to practice to start the 2020-21 year, you know, literally two, three weeks later. I mean, see, I, I get it. I understand these leagues all make their money in the postseason. And they'll give up regular season games. They'll give up a month. They'll give up two months. They'll give up three months. In the case of baseball, they'll give up three quarters of their regular season. They don't care about that. But to wipe out an entire season and give up that postseason money, that's what they don't want to do. And, that's, and the NHL and the NBA both are saying to themselves, wait a minute now. You know, we've gone through our tough part. We've gone, for the most part, our regular season. You know, we got the carrot dangling in front of us, and that carrot is the postseason. That's where all that money comes in. That's where the TV money comes in, the big-time, big-time TV money, even in the NHL. So why did we go through, you know, four or five months of the regular season, and we're a step away from the postseason and just write that off, even if it means pushing off the start of next year, which I am not for. Just from a straight fan standpoint, I hate the fact that, the virus is obviously affecting sports, but I hate it that it would affect next year's seasons as well. To me, right off this year, you know what? It sucks. It's unfortunate, but a pandemic that no one can do anything about, you know, and you just write it off. And I'm sorry, you know, you played three quarters of the season, four fifths of the regular season, really. And you didn't get to play the playoffs. Sorry. You know, from the owner's standpoint, they paid basically all the salaries. You know, players don't get any extra money outside of bonus money, but they don't get their salaries in the postseason. They get their full salaries the regular season. So uh, they're missing both NBA and NHL, missing basically one paycheck. So the owners have shelled out all the money already without getting their you know, bonus money, which is the postseason. So I understand why they, they want to do everything possible to get these postseasons in. But when it comes to, you know, starting next year, maybe a month or two later, and then obviously pushing off this the final of next year into July as well, I mean, eventually you got to bite the bullet. You know, uh, uh, there's got to be one year. You know, theoretically, let's go NHL. You know, theoretically, okay, the season is going to, you know, postseason is going to start in, in July. It's going to run through, you know, mid earliest at, at best September. And you're not going to be able to start the 2020-21 year until December. You got to give these guys at least a couple of months off, right? So now the following year, you can't have your Stanley Cup playoffs begin in April like it does now. There's not enough time. You know, you're two months behind the eight ball. So you got to go again two months later. So, so when do you say, okay, stop? We know we're just going to have to bite the bullet. Maybe next year it won't be an 82-game regular season schedule. Maybe that's how they'll do it. Maybe they'll cut it to 60 games. I kind of doubt that, to tell you the truth, because that's missing out on a lot of money from the fans going to the games and buying tickets and everything else. But eventually, whether it's next year, whether it's this year, somewhere along the line, you have to make up these three months that we've lost because of the virus. And the only way, theoretically, for me, possible to do that is just 
have a shortened regular season or a shortened postseason? One of the two, unless they just want to continue to have, you know, in the case of the NHL, their season go from December through, you know, September. I, I don't think they want to do that or even August. It's going to be tough sell. Listen, I like the NHL, uh, but try watching the NHL in July and in August. That's going to be tough. You know, you're going to have the NHL, you're going to have NBA, you're going to theoretically have Major League Baseball, and you're going to have NFL training camp starting, and you're going to have college football right around the corner. You know, the one thing about the NHL in its postseason is, you know, the college basketball year is over. Baseball has just begun outside of opening day in a couple of days. No one cares about baseball in, in uh, you know, April and May. Uh, the NBA postseason, you're going head-to-head with that, but that's it. You know, and if they schedule right, you know, that's not that big a deal. So you're going up against really no competition. Now, with this format, the way it's set up, again, you're going against baseball, you're going against NBA, and now you got the NFL and college football thrown in your face as well. That's a tough sell. That's, you know, and right now the NHL is a blip on the radar screen. And not to mention, oh, by the way, golf and NASCAR and all the other stuff that, that goes on. You know, NHL does everything in its power to, to gain an audience. And it's, you know, probably losing a, an uphill battle. But throw those other things into the equation now. You're only going to get the diehard, diehard, diehard fan interested. And, and I got to tell you, I, I'm... You know, pretty good fan. I don't know if I'm necessarily a diehard, diehard fan, but I used to work for the Islanders Radio Network, big Boston Bruins fan. So I'm I'm interested, and my team is very good. Hasn't won in a little while. It's got a great chance to win. And even I just like, you know, I, I don't know. Um, without fans in the stands as well. Well, that's the one thing about hockey. Um, it really does. I can live without fans in the stands in football. I could certainly live without fans on the golf course. I could live without fans in NASCAR. Not that I would watch NASCAR anyway. Um, and I could live as a fan without the, the the fans in the stands in the NHL. But I think the players, even more so than the NBA, I think the players enjoy that. And the excitement and the yelling and screaming and the up and down flow. You know, you don't get the up and down flow in the NFL, and you don't really even get it in the NBA. You get a couple of slam dunks here and there, but in hockey, man, one team could have a great scoring opportunity. Two seconds later, literally the other team has a great scoring opportunity. That that up and down flow is great, and if you've ever gone to a hockey game, it is, it is the best out of all the sports. So that's going to be tough to, to overcome. That really, you know, so... Uh, for me, I, I would be done with the NHL. I, I really would. But you got to bite the bullet somewhere along the line. And I don't want to see hockey in July and August. I don't. And in and, and September, especially. I, I don't want to see my sport, I'll call it my sport, just get thrown to the side. And it will. It'll It'll just abs- It'll be an afterthought. You know, the four-letter network, which doesn't have the rights anymore, uh, won't give it um, a mere token, you know, couple of highlights here and there. It's going to get dwarfed with all these other sports. It really will. So, But they're going to go four rounds, best of seven. Then they're going to reseed, which kind of stinks because for those that like to run hockey pool, now they've always reseeded, but I thought this year, not always, but they have reseeded. Um, I thought this year they were going to do brackets, but no. So they're going to have one versus eight, and then if eight should pull up the upset, 
they would have to go and face the next highest seed. They would not take over that spot in the bracket. So it's going to be very difficult uh, for those six, seven, eight seeds. We've seen it, you know, happen before in the NHL, but you know, it's going to be difficult because they're going to have to be the underdog in every single series. They're going to have to face a team uh, that is, you know, better than them every single time out. They're not taking over that number one slot. So same way as always, you know, the higher seeds uh, get the home games one, two, five, and seven. So no, no surprises there. And in the home ice for the Stanley Cup championship would be determined by the regular season points percentage, whatever the fudge that means. And the team with the higher number of points will be designated as the home team. So it goes by not necessarily points, but points you got in the number of games that you played. So the NHL is set. Something to Major League Baseball is not. Bagels and bad beats on a Friday morning with Scott Wetzel. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel. Can't be a bad bagel if it's a salt bagel. Gotta definitely have a, you know, forget the uh, the pictures on the wall. Maybe we'll get some pictures of bagels on the wall. Salt bagel. Oh, nothing better than a nice salt bagel. Which, believe it or not, is hard to find on Long Island. I, I don't know why. They have all the kinds. They have the all bagel. They have the bioli. They have this and they have that. And sesame seed. The plant. I, give me the old salt bagel. Oh, nothing better than a salt bagel and a cup of coffee right here. I got bagels and uh, bad beats uh, Friday morning. And generally, we would concentrate more on the gambling aspect of things. But quite frankly, there's not a whole heck of a lot to gamble on. I'm not a big NASCAR guy, so I'm not into that t- so much. Uh, but we will if there's no baseball and no basketball and no hockey. I will, you know, if, if it looks like that's not going to come back to fruition, then I, we will definitely delve into the NASCAR for sure. A little bit of golf don't mind that so we'll delve into some of the golf stuff uh, as well uh kevin durant it's amazing you know and michael jordan you know we've had it relived a little bit with the last dance on the four letter network so he's back in our mind but it is amazing how you know 20 years later people are still trying to be like mike that might that is i won't i won't even say mike that is one of the best advertising slogans of all time be like mike right so kevin durant told forbes that uh, he wanted to own an NBA team one day, so he, uh, you know, got his uh, foot wet in the water a little bit by buying apparently one to five percent of the Philadelphia Union. What is that, you ask, Scott? Well, that's an MLS team, according to uh, the Sports Business Journal. And isn't it amazing that you know, yesteryear players when they got done playing said they wanted to be an assistant coach. And then a few years passed and said, ah, fudge that. You know what? My goal now is when I retire to be an NBA head coach, not just an assistant coach or in the case, even NFL player. Then it got to me, well, you know what? Uh, forget about that. I want to be a boss. You know, I, I want to be the uh, general manager of a team. And now it's involved to forget assistant coach, forget head coach, forget being the GM, any other executive. Now the players, these guys are so rich. They make so much money. Now they say they want to be owners, just like Mike with the Charlotte Hornets slash Bobcats. So, again, you know, the uh, level of goals for these players, because they make, you know, 20 to 30 to 40 million dollars a year. Man, they all want to own teams. So uh, God bless them, Kevin Durant. They fill it up in the soccer game. 
Hey, great job by the phone callers, the emailers, and the tweeters. We will be here every Monday through Friday, 5 to 7 a.m. Eastern time on your local affiliate. Have yourselves a great, great Friday, and we'll talk to you next Monday right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.